Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality. It is January 2nd, 2024. My name is Nancy Hopkins. I'm hoping you are hearing me. Um, it looks like you are. So, uh, D- Dolly Howard is with me and Yasmin West. Girl, Guys, you want to come on and say hi? Howdy, y'all. Happy New Year. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Okay, um, all right, again, I'm going to ask anybody, can you hear me in the chat room? Because today at the Shungite show, I was going over, they could hear me on Skype, but they couldn't hear me over the station. Now, I think I fixed this. If we didn't, <laughs> we're going to be in a problem. Awaya's so, there. Awaya, can you hear Nancy and Yasmin and me? It oh. takes a few seconds, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, okay. Yes, that I can. Yes. Second delay. <laughs> Yay! All right. So hopefully they're hearing us. Well, she let. Yes, let, they are. Yeah. Everyone. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guest. Two seven 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 three one two. All righty. Um. Dolly, you want to tell them about what you've been up to? Because you, you've you been on a, a family visit. Yes, I have. I left, uh, we left uh, before New Year's. I was gone last week to my youngest daughter, Sherry's. In, she lives in Winter Garden, which is by Orlando. And... Uh, Sherry and Shannon, Shannon's Sherry's husband, were mama-sitting. That means they were babysitting me because Annette went to Kansas City to see their stepsister from their father's second wife. So um, everyone, everyone wanted to make sure I'd be okay. So I was at Sherry and Shannon's for the week with Doc and Sherry and Shannon have a dog named Leo, who is a beagle. And Doc is the mini schnauzer. Well, they finally learned how to play together. So at times during the daytime, it would get rather loud with barking at each other. And uh, I was glad to to watch them play. Uh, Sherry, the Sherry Shannon and Logan, who is my grandson, we were all glad to watch him play, but uh, there should we want we were trying to get a time limit on it because they wanted to go on and on and on barking. Uh, but it was nice. It was fun. And I gotta tell you, I ate good, solid meals every night there because 
they cook uh, real meals every night. I don't do so much of that here at home. So I was eating things like barbecued rib on the grill, baked potatoes on the grill, um, green bean casseroles. Oh, I was eating like normal people should. <laughs> and it would crack me up. And Shannon is an excellent cook. I thoroughly enjoyed myself there. Sherry and Sherry and I made uh, Grandma Oliver's cookies. They're a recipe, family recipe. And what they are is filled cookies. The filling is dates, nuts, raisins, and brown sugar and water. And you mix it all up. And then you make the dough. You roll it out. And you cut out little circles for cookie-sized circles, and then you put the filling on the bottom, and then you top it off with the, with the top, like the bottom is the top. You put it, and you pinch the edges together. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. And so Sherry said, we, Sherry says, Grandma, we're keeping up the tradition. Look. And I swear Grandma Oliver came to me and was chuckling. <laughs> so uh, we got to do that. And um, I, I slept in a very cold room. Sherry and Shannon had their house built, and their contractor was a freaking crook. So he built, it's a two-story house. They built me a special bedroom for me and a bathroom and up above my bedroom is Logan's bedroom they did not put ducts for air air conditioning and heat to go through they did not put those into the bedrooms Logan's and mine so we got no heat no AC I froze because it was so cold there down in the 40s and stuff uh, so I was really glad to get home in my own bedroom where we have heat. I'm going to miss them, but I'm so glad to be home. And I missed y'all. And then I want to say, I, I, I'm going to control myself here. I was sad to hear that Mona went home. And... When Nancy told me, right away, of course, I called out to Mona. I said, Mona, can you talk? And she said to me, just like she always talked to me, no, sweetie, not right now. I'm very busy. <laughs> so I got to sort of get through my uh, mourning period for her because I'm so happy that she's finally out of pain, that she isn't here with us suffering. I'm very, very glad and thankful, and I have thanked God for that. But for me, my selfish self, I'm going to miss hearing her voice like I hear it when she's here. Because when I hear her voice when she's over there, it's a little bit different. 
but I, but in her voice from from over there, she has no pain. She sounds so happy. She just it warms my heart, and uh, I just wanted to say. I'm happier where you are, Mona. Please come anytime you want to. And maybe if you want to come and share things with the listeners, you can do that too. And she doesn't want to yet. She says, no, sweetie, I'm still busy. <laughs> Tell everybody hi. And she's gone. I'm done. Yeah, I don't know that everybody out in the audience uh, knew that Mona had passed. Oh, but um, I mean, because people just recently were were saying, you know, oh, I'm just hearing it now because they don't do Facebook or that sort of thing. Oh, uh, and we have a slightly different audience on this show, but no, she, she was on the Say What show, and within I think probably three days, she had transitioned to the other side. I don't have it in front of me. Um, if you go to the, well, you, you can see the whole thing written in the archives. I could a actually. I have, a, I have a file that I did a memorial for her. I can pull that up if you want and share it. No, this is, I want, I want the, um, the last thing she said to us. Oh, okay. I don't think you have that. I don't have that, no. No. Um. Let me just find the, because I put it up. Uh, come on, come on. All right, here it is. All right, now what, what was, uh, Yasmin was actually on with Bob. Uh, we were, we were all, all, the four of us, four of us? Yeah, we're on. And when she came on to the, to the Skype call, she sounded extremely weak. So basically for the most two hours of the show, I was glad she was there because I felt like she needed that we were part of, we were her family at that moment yeah. and she needed the connection. And so she was on the line, um, but she didn't say anything until very near the end of the show. I mean, I'm talking in the last 10 minutes and we got to talking about Christmas and she, this is, this is the, the last thing that, she said, you know, uh, in that show, which is probably the last show she did. Okay, she said, what is not realized is that Christ is the consciousness in Jesus for millions. So when they say Jesus Christ, they don't recognize that the man was here to bring us consciousness on how to get along with each other and how to ascend, not as a religion, but as a community. Merry Christmas, you all. It should be every day and not be be materialistic. Um, and then she, we'd, we'd been talking about a Christmas tree, and, and the very last thing she, she said was, yeah, you can't put a Christmas tree up here with these cats. They think it's a cat toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So I didn't put that up on the, on the uh, you know, the, the show photo for... Uh, say what, but, um, and for those people that really didn't have a good, you know, we hadn't followed her for a while, she'd been on radio since I started, and I started back in 2014, 
and I think she'd been up for a while by then. Mm-hmm. And she would do a two-hour show five days a week. <laughs> I don't know how. That's in fire cell. But she had some really good guests in the beginning. Um, introduced me to a, to a lot of people. But she... She she was a character. I mean, she called the show the Feral Hippie Show because she was, you know, like the. I I I would think of her as you know the representative of the '60s generation type of thing, in that she was a hippie with a consciousness and a, a motivation and mission to make things better, uh, particularly because she was a mom and she had children. So she would be out in front of the courthouse or out in front of the, you know, government meeting hall or whatever, trying to tell them about things that were going wrong. And it had to have been decades that she was doing this. And it just kind of like burned her up, I think, because you have to have a uh, feeling of objectivity, not get embroiled in, in it, you know, and but if you've got a heart as big as hers, it's hard not to have so much compassion and empathy that you kind of lose yourself in it. So to me, when when I heard the news, it was like I rejoiced for her because I felt like your mission is accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, you're on the other side now. It's going to be okay. You know, um, I'm sure that she's going to do even more work on that side. Because I don't think all these warriors that have passed over recently and, well, even, you know, back, I mean, for for decades, there's been warriors out there fighting for the truth. And I don't think that they just go off and do something else. It's like Dave. Dave hangs around. But when he's hanging around, when he's not hanging around with us, he is doing work on the other side to help us make this great leap in reality building, for lack of another term. So, honored to have known you, Mona. That's about all I can say. And Yasmin, you, you were on the call, that last call. Do you want to say something? Yeah, um, she was really weak. Um, you know, we were kind of concerned with her. <laughs> um, but, you know, it. You know, looking back on it, it was so sudden that she passed after that, that, you know, I was glad that we got to spend the time with her on air. And I, we didn't know her very well, but um, we were on a few shows with her and, you know, she, she was all about the mission and a, a very loving person. So grateful to have known her for the brief moment. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I I know that she touched a lot of people. You know, she had a good uh, following. But she, I, I mean, I listened to quite a few of her shows with other people. And, you know, even when she was doing them by herself, she was just going through and reading the headlines type of thing in different articles. And because we know, Dolly, don't we know how hard it is to get guests? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Dolly had a show where she was getting the uh, getting guests, and she finally gave up on the show because it was so hard to get the guests. And then <laughs> when I did 
toward the end, I got the craziest people. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what was that one? Max. <laughs> oh, right, right. They forgot. Who thought he was uh, the leader of a galaxy? And oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> yes. So, Bob would refer to those as the alien spacecraft salesmen. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds exactly right. <laughs> he actually he actually met one of those once. He was actually he had plans and everything. He was trying to sell Bob an alien spacecraft. <laughs> and he was dead serious. <laughs> oh, Nancy. The guest is saying Oh, the volume for Yasmin and Dolly is quite loud. Nancy, you are no not as loud, evidently. Okay, I'm going to lower your volume there, and let me know, guys, if this is uh, if this if I can get it to do it. Come on. You want me to lower on my no, end? No, no, you leave yours alone. I did it on the station. Oh, okay. All right. I can't do individual, but I could do both of you if you're both loud. So, um, well, will yeah. they be able to hear you? Yeah, yeah, I didn't touch oh. me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so just keep me informed. Just tell me if this, when they're talking, if it's better. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you for letting us know that. Guess yes. 277312. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, Okay, um, yeah, so, um, where were we going with that? There was something I wanted to talk about. We were talking about Mona. Yeah. How she was a loving person. Oh, and we were having trouble getting guests. I had trouble oh, getting, getting guests. Oh, yes, that was, that was, you know, she finally just started to do, you know, Readings and stuff, yeah. you know, by herself. But um, she, she, you know, even by herself doing that, she was influencing the collective consciousness. And she was so dedicated to it. I mean, think about it. How many thousands of hours did she put in there? Yeah. It was pretty impressive because it was five times a week for a two-hour show. And then we got her on our show for... Yeah. For on top of hers, yes. For a few months there. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad she was able to be with us at those times. Yeah. Yeah. So glad. So um, let's just spend a little time here talking about January of 2024. <laughs> wow. Um I can't. I gotta say, I was not sad to see 2023 go. Uh, Jan did a good show with me on say what, because we sort of like talked about different things that had happened. There was a lot of like crazy, bizarre things, but there was a lot of uh, you know revealing of from Hunter Biden's connection to the you know the traitorship of the United States by his father to the border i mean everything there was all this this stuff but 
it's waking people up. There's more and more people waking up. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to, you know, it's that silver lining and everything. It's like, would when we went out with Radio 5G, I thought it was a long shot that we'd ever get anybody's attention. And then they do the COVID thing. And that woke people up. Because there were a lot of people out there that may not have gotten into the radio, the 5G and the electromagnetics and everything else. But this was, if you saw it, you saw it with clarity. This doesn't make any sense. And, and you know, I think that the people out there in the 5G world really got a boost in, le- in readers or listeners because, or readerships, because we could explain what that, those symptoms were they weren't some virus it was the symptoms of people turning on the 5g everywhere you saw the covid you saw the the 5g had been turned on and i mean you could see the statistics you can't deny it the very city wuhan where it started was one of three chinese cities and then it goes to northern italy southern italy hadn't had the 5g but north did they had the covid New York City been co- been 5G'd probably for a decade. You know, every place that it went, there was 5G and associated with it. So there's all these silver linings in, in waking people up to, you know, a stark reality in many cases. But now that we're getting them woke up, where are we going? Where are we going, girls? What do you see as being, you know, the goal of the new reality? Well, um, for me personally, <laughs> um, I I think it's great that people are starting to wake up, but at the same time, I think maybe, um, oh, well, you know, once you're awake, what do you do with that information, right? Um, and it's kind of the turning point that I've come to, and Bob has come to as well it's like okay all all this crazy stuff is happening and there's you know you know people waking up right and left but um you know just to kind of repeat what walt always says is you know we we've got to work on building the new reality and um because you know it's clear the old reality can't be saved and shouldn't be saved. It's far too corrupt. Um, and the corruption is so deep in every tentacle of our society and environment. We, we've got to build something new. And so for myself personally, I, you know, I loosely keep track of what's going on in the world. But I kind of have narrowed my vision now to just um, working on building something new and that's what Bob and I are doing and also through my energy work I'm I'm not entertaining all those horrible things that they're saying are going to happen to us Um, I'm aware and if it comes into my realm then I will adjust and you know make quick moves to navigate through that but I think for the most part you know, it goes back to 
our intentions and how powerful we truly are if we shift our focus away from those horrible things and focus on what we do want instead of what we don't want that's how we're going to build the new reality so that that's kind of where i am <laughs> i i didn't focus too much on 2023 even though i was aware of all the crap that was going on um you know you can't avoid it people tell you and you know bob was keeping track but um yeah i was just like okay well that that's not good but you know that's that's not going to change my path and where i'm going and where i see the new world going that i'm a part of co-creating so i hope that as people wake up they'll start to focus on what they can do to change it and not get bogged down into what's going on because i kind of see that as being a little bit of a trap sometimes i totally agree with you you know what else i agree with is that we have a mission out here to you know delve into this stuff to try to make some kind of sense out of it but the real power behind humanity are those people that just by their their very nature are impasse compassionate loving they they just put out all this good energy and that's what is the energy that we have behind us to keep us going you know what i'm saying it's like they <clears throat> people like well for instance my <clears throat> excuse me my next door neighbor sandy she's a social worker works with seniors she doesn't have to know about the geopolitical upheaval every day she goes out and she helps people and it's that energy that i think is the pure essence of humanity and that the dark side can always manipulate the the loving side because the loving side wants to see good people not bad people so they have a hard time looking out for themselves and it takes some you know other people like us to say well you know you might want to pay attention or at least don't pay attention but keep doing what you're doing and do more of it because things are really screwy out here but we're here to help you well yeah and there's there's people like your neighbor that and I'm not saying this is the case for her but there's people out there that are doing good and just kind of have this positive mindset but they're completely aware of all these evils and I feel like sometimes if they were to know what truly is going on and it would kind of destroy them a little bit and you know they might not be able to continue to put out that goodness into the world there's i mean people like you and i were were built to handle the truth right but not everyone is and um that's another way i think the dark side could manipulate them if they just see something so horrible and it just kind of destroys them to know that well you know when i'm talking about this i'm thinking about my sister mary and i i believe that also 
I thought, you know, how are these people going to handle any of this? But one day, and I don't remember what predicated the conversation, but one day she said to me, you know, everybody thinks I'm a goody two-shoes and I don't know what the hell is going on. She never used the word hell. <laughs> and she, she said, I know what's going on. I choose not to pay attention to it. Uh. So that surprised me. You know, that they're probably, I'm not saying that they're not as intelligent as we are, that they're, you know, because she's teaching me. I I mean, she's taught me so much about that, that kind of person. I mean, I can't tell you how just, she's always fun to be with. She's always up. She's always trying to make everybody feel good, but in, in, in a, in a laid back kind of way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not for her own ego, just because that's who she is. And I think there's a lot of people, I think that's why humanity should be saved. Let's put it that way, for people like my sister. Yeah. (laughs) Dolly, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking, I don't really want to look back. I want to focus forward. Because people are waking up uh, more so now than they were at the beginning of 2023. And um, different things in the world have been happening that they can see with their own eyes. And it's up to them whether they want to accept that this is a fact or the... uh, Uh, I am hoping that they research on their own. They don't just take people's words. Uh, And I'm thinking that is going on more these days, that they are doing a little more research and they're finding out um, I shouldn't really listen to this person or that person or I should take another book at what I thought was going on and see it through different eyes because I'm learning new information. Um, and I want I want to think that they are sharing what they now know with the other people who they know um, and those people that are sitting on the at, on the fence. And they can help to encourage them to fall toward knowledge, more knowledge, not buying into crap. Um, I think we have more and more warriors out there than I ever thought we would have um, because they are paying more attention to what's going on. And uh, they're thinking gosh, okay, what can I do about this in my life? I'm hoping they're thinking, what can I do about this through my life uh, to make things better in my environment, in my areas, in my territories, Um, better to help others as well as themselves. I think this year is a year of Last year, I kind of look at it as a year of discovery. This year, I'm looking at it as a year of sharing and um, and helping each other 
live their lives more fully than they were able to last year. Uh, discovery um, had to happen in order for people to want to function better. So that's the best I can describe it because my words seem to have disappeared along with someone else's. <laughs> well, you know, I, I look at where we're going and I see so many really profound changes in the psyche of in quote civilized man all right like for instance i was watching this show and it was about the amazing things that animals have done and one of the the stories was with this cat the cat had a family in uh northern new new york state that had to move 1600 miles away they couldn't take the cat with them, so they gave the cat to a friend. So a few weeks later, they hear that the cat has disappeared. Four months later, the cat showed up on their front porch of their new house, 1,600 miles in four months. How is that possible? Well, the cat was following the energy. <laughs> exactly see you knew because you're an energy worker right but yeah. in, this, in this program they went through it can't be sent they don't have a dog's nose and that distance there would be no scent I mean they went through what they thought were probable 3D explanations but <laughs> you know they came to the conclusion maybe it was an energy thing now they didn't know how to expand on it or you know but it's like this nugget of, of realization, you know? So there was another one. And this was, <clears throat> I don't remember the lady's name. She's uh, somebody that dives with, a, is, is a diver, a scientist. She's, she's very pretty well known in her field, like very well known in her field. And you guys might remember a while back, I, th I think it was at least a couple of years, maybe more. But she was out in this, diving the boat was there and everything and all of a sudden this humpback whale came up to her and started pushing her and i was listening to her recounting you know what was happening and i don't they had some amazing footage i don't know if she had a camera on that was maybe filming while she, this was happening to her but it was amazing footage and to make a long story short, what, what was behind all this, that that whale actually, and she describes it, she says, first I was sort of like on the back and then she ended up right <laughs> in front of its mouth looking into his eyes or her eyes. But the whale took her to the, to the top of the you know, surface and she, the woman started to you know, <laughs> swim towards the boat there was a shark there, a tiger shark, very, very dangerous. Mm. And so the whale was protecting her from being attacked by the by the shark. 
And her, oh, wow. you, you can't, I can't even express what she, what she was trying to convey was that the deep, deep consciousness that she felt looking into the eye of that whale. You know, so in, in this case, what are we looking at? Well, we're looking at a conscious being that is a lot more conscious than people would give any credence to. And some creature that was so, I mean, this is not the only story of whales and dolphins even. Yeah, you know, dolphins I've heard save a lot of people. Yeah, they'll 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 put a circle around a swimmer because there's sharks in the area. You know, I mean it's 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 like there's so many stories of this type but they they they're getting out there now. People are paying attention to them now. And th- so you got that side of it where, you know, because there's so many ways of of now interacting. They actually we're talking about, and I don't remember the two species, <coughs> excuse me, the two species, I don't know. It seems like it was whales and dolphins, but they actually learned the language of the mm. other species. You know, I mean, it's just like, and I only saw this short, I, I, you know, I didn't watch the whole program. I'm sorry I didn't because I didn't, I just saw the end of it. But it, um, it kind of, uh, juxtaposes against this other story that you can remember this maybe dolly we were talking about yellowstone national park and they had it reintroduced the wolves to the park oh yeah you remember that story and how the entire echo culture of the entire park changed because the wolves were there yeah. And it was a beautiful story. I mean, trees that were were dying because the the uh, like the deer and stuff were overeating because there was no natural predator. They had uh, you know changes in the ecology. There was flooding and stuff because they were killing all the trees that were holding the the soil. You know where the rivers are and everything. I mean, it was just like the, the whole park was deteriorating. They bring the wolves back, and I think there was only like a dozen of them or so. And boom, within a very, you know, I, I, I don't even think it was like, I think it might have been a year, but they all, all of a sudden could see everything changing because of the predator being there. Well, now it turns out that there's too many wolves. And it, the whole echostructure, the Yellowstone, is, is now going the other way. It'll balance out. <laughs> well, if human beings would get out of the way... Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As long as they leave it alone, it'll balance out. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm hoping that that that's the new reality. Is for heaven's sakes, pay attention to nature as being something that you can't change, but you can work with. But you're not going to change the nature of nature. And uh, you know, so so this is this is something that I see. People's, you know, it's another way of looking at a new reality, where which is an old reality, where, where our predecessor, you know, our the people that started out our line of whatever, I mean, whoever they are, wherever they came from, they had an, an intricate communication network that they had developed developed with nature. Um, 
there's birds that can detect storms coming. And they that, that's that was a fun thing too because they're trying to explain that the 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 birds in 3D ways, you know, well, they could have been doing it this way, this way, this way. Nope. And they always they keep coming up with a, well, I don't know, it must be some energy we don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that was telling me today on the way home about this dog. A family had put different colored mats on the floor and put different buttons on the mats. And the dog learned to spell out communication with the humans. For instance, uh, they the lady took the dog to get groomed. And when they got home, the dog spelled out her name because they put one of them as her name. And... Uh, like, uh, I like hair cut. He spelled that out in a way that that's what it said to her. I like hair cut. And so they communicate like that with their dog. It, somehow they trained him to do that. But the dog is actually able to share what it is feeling to question what uh, he wants to question. He, he's able to communicate with his owners. I think that's very special. I wish I knew how to train him so I could teach Doc. We actually got one of those. Um, it didn't have the, uh, the letters, but it had um, just simple phrases like uh, pets, um, out, um, you know, just phrases that the dog or cat might want. And, um, yeah, we tried to train the dog and we tried to train the cats and it, well, we didn't have enough time to spend with them. <laughs> but yeah, apparently you can train them to do that. Have you guys, have you guys seen the uh, video where the girl is saying to the dog, it's like a Labrador, golden Labrador retriever. I love you. I love you. I love you. And the dog said, I love you. And it was clear as the best, you know, and then she started screaming and the dog's running around like, what the hell is happening? Why? Why are we screaming? You know, like, <laughs> so. You know, but that was pretty impressive that that dog was, I mean, clear as a bell in here. I yeah, I didn't see that, but I know, and I I haven't found a video of it, but um, there are cases, um, you know, crows are incredibly intelligent. And um, apparently they have been known to be able to drive cars. Which a crow? A crow, yes. Drive a car? <laughs> yep. I mean, probably not very well, but <laughs> they're, they, they're very, um, they observe. So they'll, they'll watch what you're doing. And I know at our old property, we had a lot of crows. And they'll observe what you're doing and, you know, 
do things <laughs> like um like the walnuts from the trees um they were trying to get inside of them but they couldn't break them open so they would they would fly over the street and they would drop the walnuts and wait for a car to run them over oh. so that they would crack them open so they could eat them so <laughs> yeah they're they're very intelligent creatures <laughs> That's pretty cool. I can't picture a crow driving a car. How do they hold on to the steering wheel? I don't know. I've been trying to find a video of it. But my mom told me that there was a there was a case that they it may have been two of them. I would think there would have to be two. One for the gas pedal and one for the steering wheel. <laughs> well yeah, the gas pedal and the brake. Oh yeah, gosh. or maybe they just let it idle if it was an automatic. It might creep along. You know, this is something that's in the category of seeing is believing, and I haven't seen it, so I don't think I can believe it. I'm having yeah, trouble with I know. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I have seen him crack the walnuts open with the cars. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've seen videos of that. And, yeah, they they watch us to see what we're doing, and they learn from the things we do, so. Well, well you, you, know, you know, there's that, uh, the, the hundredth monkey concept. Now, people, you've heard me talk about this probably a lot, of, but let's just look at it again. You got these monkeys on two different islands that are the same species of monkey. At the same time, unbeknownst to the scientists, these scientists, one group from Japan and one group from Britain, go to the island. So they're looking at the same monkey at the same time on different islands. And the, uh, the they had uh, sweet potatoes on apparently both these islands. So that, that was a staple of the monkey. So on the British, the British would take the, um, the potatoes and they'd wash them off before they cooked them and ate them. And the monkeys, one by one, started to wash the potatoes, the, you know, sweet potato. So when, and, and of course, that got the attention of the scientists who were <laughs> studying these things, these monkeys. And when the hundredth monkey washed the potato, everybody on the island started washing potatoes. So they were, you know, absolutely baffled as to... What What is this mechanism? It's called the hundredth monkey syndrome. Well, they go back to Britain and they publish their paper and then the Japanese read the paper and went, oh my God, that answers what happened on our island. They don't eat potato, they eat rice. So they weren't washing the potatoes. But all of a sudden, one day, the same day the hundredth monkey did it on the other island, every every monkey on the island started washing potatoes. Hundredth monkey syndrome. So there is that. That's why I'm so firmly convinced there is a collective consciousness of humanity, just like there was a collective consciousness of those monkeys. You know, at a certain point, the information. That's why when you, when we talk about reality, is what you think it is. It depends on how many people are thinking the same way you are, as to how many people begin to see that reality. So if if 
you get and it doesn't apparently doesn't take too many people to make changes in realities so we have to appreciate that every thought we have goes into that collective consciousness thing and that the more we focus on like you guys are saying not to get bogged down in the past but to look at the future to look at the promise of the future what do we know where are we going i mean just just for fun we don't need to to have electric cars or electricity uh we can i mean we can use electricity we can make it so that it works for us and not against us but like the electric cars we don't need electric cars we don't even need gas cars they they've proven that you can drive a car on water well how's that well water has got oxygen and hydrogen and when you put those in gas state and you bring them together, they explode, just like gasoline will explode to move the piston. It's unfortunate that every person who discovered this water connection to fuel uh, committed suicide, basically. Um, they've all been killed off. But it's so well known now that you know people talk about it all the time. It's just that nobody's going to try to push it. Well, it's gotten futuristic now because you've got... China, very much so, and uh, Russia. Well, I'm sure the United States is doing it too. But there is a real push to get hydrogen fuel that you can actually use and you use just like you would gasoline. Okay, so there's that scientific advancement, you know, that will get rid of a lot of the problems that we have concerning pollution. And <clears throat> taking this this valuable substance from the earth itself. But on the same t token, you can take hemp, marijuana, hemp. And hemp will replace everything that is oil-based. Everything, including plastic. So there's not a problem out there that we don't already have some kind of a solution to. It's just a matter of getting there. And looking at well, this stuff. and and the problem is everybody's trying to monetize everything so they can make their money. Well, yeah, that's that's the nature of, you know, a capitalistic environment. Yeah. So I guess the key to it is changing this concept. Of, well, I I do believe that money has a curse on it. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah, you've explained it. <laughs> yeah. And that people, I mean, because people that get into that, they, they're, they're, they're really into it. Instead of people like you or me or even Dolly, or I shouldn't say even Dolly, but Dolly and uh, Jan Shaw and a lot of other people, you just kind of manifest what you need. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it comes in different ways. But... You don't get caught up in that, I've got to have, I've got to have, I've got to have. I, I think they're insecure people or they, I don't know why you need all that money. Well, I mean, some of it's, you know, past traumas. So I can speak for myself that, you know, I, you know, basically my grandmother made some huge financial decisions. So at a very early age, I experienced a lot of insecurity around money and so that was one of the driving forces that caused me to become an accountant because I 
never wanted to be in a position where I didn't understand money and couldn't um, sustain myself. And um, what's kind of ironic is that, you know, back in 2008, regardless of all my financial training and all my careful planning and careful spending, we still lost our home. So (laughs) um, it wasn't until I kind of understood the energetics of money and how you have to be more into a flow state um, and not worry so much about the lack of money because that is going to make you poor. Um, That, you know, now I don't worry so much about it. I always know I will have what I need when I need it. And, um, you know, I I have more, more than enough and plenty of safety net for emergencies. So, um, yeah, so I, I understand people that kind of go after money the way they do because, you know, if you've experienced extreme poverty or a traumatic event during your childhood that involved money, then I can understand that mentality. But at the same time, it's, it's there for you to heal from and, um, and grow better into a better relationship with money so yeah i think it's important that in the new reality we have a totally different (laughs) idea about what works and what doesn't work i'm not saying i have the answers but i'm saying that what you got working right now isn't working (laughs) because you got too many people that are like you say you know yes i under i understand poverty i understand not having money I understand that, but at the same time, I don't understand what happens to people that get plenty of money and they want more and more and more. Not that they're doing altruistic things with it, they just want more and more and more. You know, that's that's some kind of a curse or something because it just, it's not what I expect in a human being, (laughs) let me put it that way. Well, it's because when you chase money and you don't have a purpose for it, you spend it on extravagant things and thinking that that's going to fulfill you, but it doesn't. It actually makes you feel more empty. So you chase more and more money and, you know, you have these billionaires out there, you know, they just spend their money on hookers and blow, right? (laughs) And you know, it's very different if you assign a purpose to the money that you acquire. So building a company where you can employ people or building some sort of an organization where you're working on a project to better humanity, you know, that is very different and it's going to be much more fulfilling to you. Whereas if you're just chasing money and just spending okay so you buy a big fancy mercedes well you know that makes you feel happy for like five seconds and then it and then it doesn't fill that void so they just keep chasing money more and more and it's never enough that's kind of my take on it (laughs) my best manifestations 
happen without be, money being involved in any thought way. I, when I really, really, I check first, okay, this thing, this uh, milk, we'll just use milk for an example. Do I really want that milk or do I need that milk? First, I make that justification. So, okay, I need the milk for my cereal. So, uh, milk shows up in one form or another. Either it accidentally gets in my uh, order for Publix or... uh, or I remember to order. It just, it shows up in one way or another. Or somebody like Russell will bring over a half gallon of milk. Or it, it shows up. There's my milk for my cereal. So and Dolly, you're just cutting out the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You I don't, don't even need, need money. <laughs> no. That's what I'm trying to get to. I don't need the money. I need a thought on, gosh, I really would like this in my life. Is it a want or is it a need? If it's a need, then I will pray about it. Oh, God, I, I, I really need this for that, but it's okay if I don't get it. And, uh, if it, and it'll show up. But uh, if, I, it's, if it's a want, that I am referring to as a need, I don't see that sucker ever. I, Because you don't always have to get what you want. God answers prayers. You ask God for a car, a brand new something, something car. And God looks at your situation and he's... You are in a, he puts you in the situation where you're offered a car that is a different year, a year earlier than the car you wanted. But the car is in excellent condition. It's excellent usage on gas. It's everything you wanted in the newer car. You didn't get the newer car because you didn't need it. The other car fulfilled uh, your need. It isn't what you wanted, but it's what you needed. I don't know how else to say that. I don't think I'm saying it right. I understand what you're saying. And and there's, I, I agree to that somewhat, but at the same time, it's, it's nice to treat ourselves to something shiny once in a while. <laughs> it's all in what you want. Yeah. How you handle it. True. <clears throat> Sometimes I get the shiny because I, and I, I didn't program for it. Very often, what I, uh, you know, I need something, but what I get is much more than what I. You're blessed. I am blessed. With extra much than what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. That happens all the time to me. And it's wonderful. (laughs) 
and I'm always very grateful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't forget okay. to thank. <clears throat> okay, we're at the top of the hour, and I'm going to play Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which I did on the Say What Show. And just as I started it up, Jan Shaw said, yes, yeah, Somewhere Over the Rainbow where Mona is. So. Oh. Yeah. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. And welcome back to Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's January 2nd, 2024. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt, Walt Silvan. No, he's not here. He's okay, but he's just not here. Uh, Dolly Howard and Yasmin West. Um, I want to say something. Okay. To all those who arrived a little late and didn't hear me earlier, I want to say Happy New Year. And... I hope you have a brand new start to your life that makes you feel wonderful and be able to share it with others. I'm done. Okay. How about you, Yasmin? Do you want to say one more thing about maybe what we talked about in the first hour? We're going to read Matthew's message now. Um, just... Uh just happy new year to everyone. Um, I, I hope everyone out there had uh, a wonderful holiday and um, is looking forward to the new year. <laughs> We're certainly going to find out what it's all about. We're here. We're on the new year. Yep. <laughs> okay, so... Um, I'm going to give this a try. It's Matthew's December 1st, 2020. No. Wait a minute. I don't have... Oh. Yeah. Oh. Wait a minute. December 1st. No. This We need the January one. Maybe he doesn't have... She doesn't have it up yet. I saw the December one. I was thinking December. Nah, shoot. She doesn't have it up yet. Oh. What? What did we talk about the the Matthew that you have? Do you want to talk about it? Well, yeah, we didn't already do it, or or we could even do it again. We could do it again. It's this is the one she posted on December first, and um, okay, let's just. Uh, with love and greetings. Now remember, this is December first. So see if if what he might have said, they might have said, you know, you can see that did happen or is happening. With love and greetings from all souls of the station. This is Matthew, especially as your year nears its end and the season of the holy days draws nigh. It is natural to think of the many souls who are homeless, grieving, injured, hungry, and frightened. Always what is most beneficial for those who are suffering for you and your world is to live from your heart. Feel compassion for people and animals in need and grateful for the blessings in your life that enable you to share with them. The high energy of your gratitude and the fulfilling sensation from giving sense forth expanded light into the world to all who are downtrodden and their thankfulness for the kindness of gifts of money or time, food or other help lets their light shine brighter. That isn't just a nice arrangement this time of year, dear ones. It is a science of the universe now and evermore. 
I'm going to pause there. You guys want to comment on that? Because it's kind of like what we were saying here. No? No, I don't have a comment on that. Okay. Okay. Joyfully prepare for heartwarming religious celebrations and festivities with family and friends. Participate in the kind of spiritual observances that fill your heart with peacefulness. Rejoice in the majestic tones of stirring music. Hug the persons whose presence in your life is so valuable. The high vibes of those meaningful experiences provide upliftment far beyond you and those who are dear to you. Love's bountiful streamers flow naturally wherever needed through your world. That also is science. Now, see, this 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 is really... We were just talking about this. That every yeah. time, you know, you know, I, and another thing I saw, and I don't remember what it was or anything, but when you hug somebody, you actually their blood pressure will drop. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's not the yeah. putting your arms; it's the energy, your energy, yeah. and and then who was it was talking about that? I'm not sure, but how when you're when you're out and about and you interact with other people's energies their energies will resonate with you either well they resonate or they won't resonate but when they're resonating with you and you're of a you know feeling good and, and joyful and up uplifted you will uplift them even if you don't say a single word to them yeah i've experienced that it's also <laughs> science you know this is this is a science that the we're missing you know the science of love and energy essentially we call well, it they don't have the adequate tools to measure it <laughs> you mean love and en- the energies yeah i mean we all know that it works well you know everybody that understands energy knows that it works but scientists are still kind of chasing their tails because they need to be able to measure and prove things and it's uh manipulate yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, we have been asked if everyone who dies or is dealing with extreme conditions in palestine and israel signed up for these experiences lifespan and sudden departure fit in some soul contracts and others include adversities to overcome but most of the souls affected did not choose death at this time or the harsh circumstance and desperation of living in an embattled environment and i remember the first time i read that that didn't sit real well with me i mean i understand matthew knows more than i do but um Anyway, he goes on, divine grace steps into these kind of situations. Soul involvement comes from balanced experiences and except for evildoers. Attaining balance is the goal of every soul in every lifetime. By giving full credit for incomplete karmic lessons, divine grace bestows a state of balance on persons whose lifetimes are cut short or their hardships are greater than they chose or needed to experience. Well, you know, nature does kind of seek to always balance out, um, but 
that that one's kind of a little hard to swallow for me as well because yeah i understand soul contracts and all that but at the same time (laughs) what was this evil really necessary for them to learn whatever they needed to learn i i don't know i don't know the answer to that well that reminds me when chris tia said I I want to experience pain or something. Suffering, suffering. Suffering, yeah. So that reminded me of her. She she said that while she was alive. Yeah, and it was pretty pretty close to when she uh, crossed over. It was the last show she did with us. Five days later, she was in the hospital. Ten days later, she had passed over. Interesting. And that was last year about the same time as here. As wasn't it in December? I can't remember. Yeah, it was the first part of December. So Gosh. now we lost Mona and Christia in December. Now I don't know if I want December to come around again. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> well, and then Lee, we Lee Brown too. If we don't, if you don't see December, well, you're the one we lost. Oh, Dolly didn't make it to December. <laughs> <laughs> but you can rejoice for me. <laughs> Dolly's like an energizer bunny. She keeps going. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I'm not going to rejoice for you. For you, I'm going to be pissed off. You left. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I will have been. I, I will I be done care. with my I mission. Don't care. I don't, don't want to. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'll, I'll haunt you. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh my God. Um, there was something that I was thinking of, but I guess I forgot it because I can't bring it up into my head. I'm just, I'm just, that is weird about the December thing, uh, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. No, what, what, she, what, what she was saying, that's what I wanted to say, what she was saying about the suffering is that when she got on the show, her, her energy level was very low and uh, kind of concerning. And when she got to the, she did the music, and when she ended the music, she paused for a great deal of time and then sort of sighed and said, it's, it's done. I think she said it's done or it's over, but I think it was it's done. And it was so kind of creepy to me. And I said to her, I said, I don't know if I said this prior to that or, or then, but I had said to her, I don't understand this um ill health you're in because it doesn't make any sense to me knowing her as a spiritually evolved person and she said yes I know I know she said I uh, I thought that I needed to experience suffering in order to understand suffering but I've got a handle on it now she said I guess maybe she did or didn't I don't know what that you know she died exactly five days before my mom died Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was a little 
Seemed weird. That was that was three <laughs> number three. Yeah. Well, we also had Lee Brown, right? Yeah, she she was like the month before. She was October or November. November, I think it was. November. Pretty sure. Well, I never we I never did find out exactly when she died. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like I've got this dear friend of mine who I he was my boyfriend for a little bit when we were back in the army. But over all these decades, he's just been a good friend. And to the last conversation I had with him, he says, you need to give Sandy my number so that if you go to a hospital or something, you know, I'll I'll know what's happening. <laughs> it was like, oh, wow. You know, OK. <laughs> yeah. And I, I said to him, well. You better give your wife my numbers. He said, no, I, my wife wouldn't be very dependable about that. He said, I'll talk to my son. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness sake. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, he's just so funny. But, I mean, it, it, yeah, there's a lot of people passing over. And, and then I had a childhood friend who I think... She passed. I'm not sure exactly when she passed either, but I think it was sometime in November of la- of 2022. Yeah. So there there was a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Let's go. I noticed that the end of 2023, at least, it came to my attention. There were a lot of people who decided to leave at the end of that year and before 2024. A lot more than usual is what I figured out. Oh, there's there's a massive die-off that's not being reported in mainstream media. It's it's so bad that the um, the insurance companies are thinking of declaring bankruptcy because there's too many claims. <laughs> too many people are dying. Yeah, <laughs> they're killing off the insurance company. <laughs> yeah, and, and I heard that a while back, but I heard it from a number of different sources, so I suspect it's they they were citing you know uh, actuaries. So, well, the insurance companies know their business very well. So, and they were already making projections for that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we all know what it's from. So, (laughs) enough said, right? (laughs) And and just just in case you got some crazy person out there that gets you in a conversation you don't you don't want to be in. you can you can ask them to go to the uh, Center for Disease Control, the CDC in America, and look up how many flu deaths that were, was <clears throat> that people had in twenty twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Yes. And what you're going to get back is you're going to get. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're not even publishing it anymore. But I did this back in twenty two, early twenty two, and I got back these two chart. Well, actually, one of the charts showed me the entire decade before this. And what it came down to is that 
flu cases had like I think 23% or some weird percentage of the population would get flu. So the numbers were changing, but that's because the population was growing. But the percentage of flu <clears throat> to healthy people, you know, stayed the same. So then you get into, uh, I, I'm looking at the chart and 21 and 22, no, I guess, yeah, 21 and 22, no, 20 and 21. <clears throat> I'm looking at it and I'm going to myself, I don't seem to be able to figure this chart out. And then I see this little thing at the bottom in small print. Uh, this chart might not be right because of reporting problems. And then I realized that there was nothing on it. There had been no reports of flu. But oddly enough, the COVID numbers that you that were for the same time frame matched the statistics of 26% of the population was sick. It, it was flu. I mean, it, the, the, the statistics, you know, are very hard to get around. There's no flu. And then, but this COVID shit that is, is the same number. Of, I mean, I'm sorry. You throw that at somebody and tell them you can go look it up yourself. Just Google it. You know, because to me that, that when I figured that out, it was like, whoa. There is, I mean, I thought by that time there wasn't any anyway, but this was like the nail on the coffin for me as far as was this COVID stuff real or not? No, it's not. Yeah, on on the high wire, uh, Del Bigtree, he uh, he really dissects all that data. Um, he has a he has a guy on his show that does that reporting, and they really um, took apart, you know, what the insurance actuaries were projecting um you know over over a year ago and you know it's coming to pass and um you know they they looked at all the stats they were looking at what was being reported in fares and they were actually looking at um they interviewed a nurse who actually was doing reporting in VAERS and um, she got fired because she was trying to report accurately in VAERS and uh, they didn't want her doing that anymore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you want to really dig into that stuff, uh, the High Wire does a good job of dissecting all that so you can know what's going on. But uh, but I think we we know. <laughs> or just go through life, you know, saying, I know what it is. I'm not going to try to explain it to you again. If you can't see it, if you're not being led to it by your own guides, then you, you're not you're not going to hear me. It's the people that come up to you and ask a question. Those are the ones that, okay, give them everything you got. Yeah, yeah. You know, trying to. Trying to make it right with other people is just not going to help anybody. Just be kind to them. Love them for as long as they're sane and alive. <laughs> well, you know, they they really don't want to know. They they stuck their head in the sand. And um, that that's where they want to stay. So, okay. That's their choice. Free will. Shall I go on with the reading? Sure. Oh, oh wait. 
Elias says, I saw an article today saying that there has been a 55% increase in claims for disability in age group 16 to 65 years. That's what interesting. What percentage again? 55%. My son-in-law applied because he was in the Air Force and uh, he has several issues that have happened to him because of the Air Force. And um, he went in and applied for another one because somebody from the Air Force administration told him, you better go get that on file and taken care of this year. It, it's a disability thing that goes with the, his other disability that he's already receiving. So um, that I find that very interesting why I said that. Hmm. I'm done. Okay. Um, hi, Ryan. I'm going to go back to this. I, I jumped ahead a couple of paragraphs. Many of Earth's residents have experienced greater challenges and more difficulties than sole contracts call for. Dear family, if you feel you have dealt with tougher issues than you expected when you volunteered, probably you are right. And the people you came to help have struggled more than they expected when they chose to wind up in third, third density lesson to wind up third density's lessons. Souls and spirit worlds are, who are planning their next physical lifetime feel confident they can handle the conditions that will balance their experiencing and let them evolve. That may be especially true of the many souls who rush to incarnate on Earth to take advantage of the unique opportunity to complete all 3D karmic lessons in one lifetime instead of many. Eventually, we learn it is much easier to boldly, courageously choose harsh situations than to do, deal with them once we're in bodies. And there is more underlying formable underlying formable situations than what the dark ones are doing. There are dense energy reactions to whatever that is, from chaos and confusion of, to fear and outrage, even from individuals who are not directly affected. In every waking moment, every person is thinking, 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 and because thinking, like breathing and blinking, is automatic, it happens without thinking in a matter of speaking. That's interesting. Who thinks their thoughts are a series of words and words are powerful emitters of vibrations all along the frequency spectrum from high peaks to sluggishly low? As billions of thoughts shoot out into the collective consciousness, who thinks their thoughts are weaving the fabric of their life in the tapestry of the world? But knowing or remembering that universal truth is essential so you concentrate on what you want to happen instead of what you don't want to continue. Divest yourselves of thoughts that are trivial or frustrating. They are a waste of energy or are of guilty or resentful nature. Nurturing these kinds of thoughts prevents the healing that comes with apologizing 
or forgiving, two immensely important yet often neglected aspects of love. And please take time to think lightheartedly, dear ones, so you can sparkle with the high vibes of smiles and laughter. Despite the Illuminati's penchant for initiating or exasperating turmoil wherever and whenever they can, Natanahu has failed to arouse much interest in a world war against groups he ironically designates terrorists. By masterminding conflicts and always having operatives on both sides, the Illuminati are the terrorists. But even if he had gained allies in such a venture, Universal Family would not have let it get off the ground. After eons of violence, Gaia, who is so very war-weary, and more than two dozen battles already are being waged around the world. When their fuel, the energy of low vibrations, significantly decrease, one by one those will peter out and reconciliation can begin. Along with gaining strength from destruction's low vibrations, the Dark One's power comes from controlling information in the global economy. So it is mightily heartening that many world leaders are tiring of being embroiled in turmoil. Fewer and fewer folks believe mainstream media's misleading reports and the Illuminati are grasping at straws in the world's money supply. Even they do require money. Manipulating stock markets, setting global banking policies, buying mercenaries, bribing national leaders, individuals in legal and justice systems, corporate management, and other influential individuals. Controlling established medicine and all the affiliated alphabet agencies owning mainstream media and the internet censors. To them, losing the means to pay for all of that and more is paralyzing. Now then, we have assured you that the progress is smack on target with a divine plan, and many of you are feeling the excitement of ever-intensifying light. But some of you are feeling discouraged by the violence and suffering in the Holy Land as it progressed as if progress took a long step back. Compassion for all those souls helps diminish the stressful energy around them. But becoming emotionally drawn into traumas anywhere sends out low vibrations that match and prolong the dreadful circumstances. Let us tell you about two major categories of thought that we are seeing in Earth's energy field of potential, which mirrors activity on the planet. The category with steadily growing momentum shows a healthy, peaceful world where people are loving, kind, and helpful. Life is prosperous and meaningful. Animals are treated humanely. These kinds of thoughts, you could call them prayers or meditations, are the most plentiful of all categories and they vibrate in high frequency. The other major category, which has consist- considerably increased in momentum since the incursion of Hamas into Israel, is the low energy of fear, anger, grief, and divisiveness. Its subdivisions of thoughts with intentions to destroy life and the environment emit rock-bottom vibrations. The polarized fields reflect the conflicting emotions, attitudes, and political and ideological perspectives of Earth's people. Many of the feelings and outlooks have been dragged from one century to another for millennia, but they still pertain to what goes on today and their hindrance to society getting on with the transformation of the world. So we hasten to say there is good news too. Admit 
amidst the clashing energies or thoughts about a world whose building blocks are love, the richness of diversity, and humanity's close relationship with animals and nature. Those are the thoughts of the awakened and awakening movers and shakers among the people whom you came to help in that way and inspire to transform, transform Earth into a land of peacefulness, love, health, and joy, joyousness. Together you are a fine complement of industrious visionaries, imaginative, imaginative artisans and craftsmen, and you will have splendid helpers. Universal family members are eager to introduce themselves and work alongside you. You all will be participants in the most dynamic action on the planet since God, Gaia, and Soul co-created it. You all will be participants in the most dynamic action on the planet since God, Gaia, and Soul co-created it. We don't see the threshold of Earth's golden age at the end of the battle between the light forces and the dark. Rather, at this juncture, we see a heavy mopping up process, clearing away the debris of long ages and constructing new to replace what was devastated in a planet-wide cyclone. Well, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> then a series of uplifting and enlightening measures in accordance with what is needed by groups in all regions of every country. It would be exciting process for people who have no conscious memories of life in a serene, harmonious world instead of one with continuous warring, co cooperation instead of cutthroat competition, health and kindness instead of illness and strife. In the process, a civilization will be growing towards unity consciousness, which vibrates at the benevolent end of the frequency spectrum. Unity in this regards does not preclude independent thinking, reasoning, questioning, and honoring different, different differing perceptions. Quite the contrary, it includes that independence and much more in the power of love that permeates a population's entire beingness. Only an individual or a civilization of fifth density or higher in spiritual and conscious awareness can resonate with the light of the unity consciousness. When you are on a mission such as this one now, you don't remember the unity consciousness of your homelands. But beloved brothers and sisters, the light you radiate always distinguishes your evolutionary status. As a child of God, you are a powerful font of love, a tower of strength and wisdom, and you stand tall, living in accordance with your soul's guidance, conscious, intuition, instinct, inspiration, and aspirations. You have the honor, unconditional love, and support, supportiveness of all light beings in this universe. Love and peace, Suzanne Ward. Well, that was a That's lot. A, that was what he said about uh, cleaning up. Not going to be the golden whatever, but we're going to have to be cleaning up. That's the way I've been feeling all along. We're going to get through these this uh, spiritual war, good versus evil. There's going to be a lot of dirt left behind, all kinds of dirt. I, I just call it dirt because I can't think of a, a word that ex describes it all. Um, there's going to be a, a lot of dirt in a human, but in human beings. Um, 
that's left over by buildings being blown up, by earth being desecrated, uh, there's going to be a lot of dirt that needs cleaned up off of the earth. And I wonder, okay, so we, this has to be cleaned up. Where is all this trash going to go? It will be vaporized into the ethers. Oh, I like that. I heard it was going in your backyard. <laughs> My backyard isn't that big. <laughs> That's right, but you'll have a magical portal to send it to... Wherever. Where I don't know where you send it. Or or talk to my husband Bob that's been working on waste to energy projects for years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh dear. So um, that was an interest, and we read it earlier in the year. I mean, I think it was on the first day it was published, and I took away different sort of. I think it kind of like ties into what we were talking about, to be honest with you. I do, too. Yeah, and I was going back to that part where they said that we came here for um, the experience or the opportunity to uh, live, you know, an immense amount of lifetimes within one lifetime. I, I can think back on my own life personally and you know growing up and even as I was a teenager and a young adult um, I just compared to who I am now I, I just feel like that was a completely different person and then from that point to you know, when I was making my way in the world and, you know, starting my career, I, again, that was a completely different person from what I grew up as. And and now, <laughs> so I feel like I've been three, at least three people in my life and um, have gotten, you know, lessons from each person I've been. And... Um, I don't know, that really spoke to me because, you know, there's there's people that go through their life and, and they don't seem to change much. They're kind of the same person doing the same thing. And I was thinking along that line, uh, Yasmin, uh, I, I was laying there thinking, I am not the same person I was when I was in grade school. And I was not the same person I was uh, from grade school up through junior high. And then I was not the same person once I graduated from college that I was when I was in junior high. I have been several different peoples. And then I thought, oh, I'm losing my freaking mind again. But yet, I would look back at the experiences that I went through during those times, and the way I reacted to them was so different each time in each one of those uh, segments of my life. 
And then it made me wonder, okay, everybody who comes back that has been uh, crossed over for quite a while and then they they come back because they're brought back or sent back to Earth and they say that they were judged, like Damien, what's his doodle? Um, and they were judged uh, on the life that they lived. Well, they say life that they lived. Did they just live one life or did they live several lives? And how can you judge a person one time on on this life that they say it was one life when I see that I have lived many different lives? I have a confusion along that line and it just hit me this week yeah and it and it's not i mean i understand that we grow and we change but it's not that it's no it feels different <laughs> yes yes yeah you're not crazy dolly <laughs> i feel it too <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> well thank you. I, I honestly can't I've been the same person all my life. I've done a lot of different things, but it's always the same person, the same same person going through it. I learn. I get skills. But I've never felt like I changed at all. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, re I remember reading about some study they did and they said that by the age of 10 years old, the personality is established in a child. That that's a, that as far as the personality, that's the personality. At 10 years old, I thought, that's way too young. And then I started thinking about what was the age of 10? What did it mean to me? What happened during that time frame? And, I mean, things like... We had a, a art class, and I drew this picture that <laughs> it wasn't the same as this property, but there were representatives of, like, this house that looks very similar to this house, all these woods all around it, um, and there was there was some, some other things that, you know, it was like, wow, it was almost like I, I had foreseen that scene as and as a 10 year old because it was 10 years old when i took that art course and you know put it on canvas but then it even got better because then i then i did a cat and i i ended up having all these cats including a cat that looks very similar to that one you know the cat that talked to me dolly yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and so. that and i talk about that quite frequently <laughs> well, it's probably the uh, de definition of insanity. <laughs> okay, you had a conversation about the cat about E.T.'s landing in Moscow? What the hell? <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably make a movie out of it. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing I wanted to bring out because I thought it was a fascinating, uh, I guess, mind, mind, you know, exercise. But I suddenly, I was talking to somebody about some movie, and I suddenly realized that 
We have an interpret. Oh, I, I'm not going to say we because I never quite bought into it. But there's this interpretation that the dark side creates all these movies that then if we go to the movies, it's placid consent to agreeing to whatever it is. So you go to the Terminator movies and you're agreeing for the, you know, transhumanism of humankind uh, just because you went to the movie. And that just, you know, that no, that just didn't sit right with me. But now I'm looking at it a little differently. Because how many times do we see something? I mean, like the COVID thing has been put into movies in a variety of different ways, you know. Um, but what if it is that the it's the light side? It's the, the, the bright side. And that we're people are tapping into a potential future and that's allowed to happen because then it gives a warning to people i mean right now when i first saw the terminator i didn't like it i don't like anything that's got the machinery in it i was a devout uh star trek fan until the borg showed up and i couldn't watch it it was very frightening to me and i think that you know because i and somehow or another knew that a future version of, you know, that storyline could come true. But I'm beginning to look at movies more like maybe it's the light side trying to kick us in the butt and saying, this is what's going to happen if you guys don't wake up. It's kind I, of... Go it ahead. It could be. Yeah, I can go along with that thought. Yeah, because it, it sort of sets you up. I mean, if, if one, of the, one of the things that the dark side... Any anybody that wants to con you, cons you because you're ignorant about something. Yeah. But it, you know, if you've seen it on the movies, or I'm, I mean, one of the best things I ever learned was uh, Dan Brown when he wrote uh, the Da Vinci Code, because the story, the 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 his, historical context that was the background to the to the plot was very true. And there was probably a half a dozen people, myself included, who had tried to get people to pay attention to this particular piece of history, this this puzzle that we were putting together. And, you know, it was just phenomenal. You know? But we couldn't get the story because it was too, it, nobody could imagine it. That Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene, they had babies? What's that about? You know? Um, so, I thought of that when I was a kid. Well, because you're you're connected, you know, but I mean for a lot of people that that wasn't possible. I mean, I had when I wrote when I wrote my book about it. This one person was reading it and got to that thing about Jesus and Mary being remember that this is all back in the 70s, you know. And they it, oh, I was I was terrible. I was that should be excommunicated from life because I had said that. But the, the 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 story I'm telling really is about Braun himself because what he did was he took that history, put it into fiction, and had millions of people read it. Well, you know what the takeaway is? Those people really remember the story. It sort of takes on a, a truthfulness to it just because... They've heard it. It's there. So 
somewhere down the future, somebody says Mary Magdalene and Jesus were husband and wife. You know, I know that because they'd read it as fiction. But they th- they remember it as truth. So I, I'm real suspicious that a lot of these, you know, movies that they point to are really light side, you know, giving us hints to what the future is, what the potential of a future is if you don't make some adjustments. I thought that about the Terminator ever since I saw it the first time. And then he. Huh? But you saw it more than once? Yes, because I wanted to get more. Every time I watch something, I get a little more out of it than I did the first time. So, um. Oh, anytime somebody would say something about a robot, take. Let's get a robot to clean our house or. Uh, let's have a robot drive our car, or things like that. I would say, have you never seen the Terminator? <laughs> or iRobot. <laughs> yes, yes, iRobot. <laughs> I could only watch that once, though. I don't yeah, know why. That, it really that, affected me. Yeah, that was a disturbing one. Mm-hmm. I, I saw this this movie where they were working with what we would know now as an AI computer. And it was in control of all of the weapon systems of the American arsenal. And you're dealing with this reality, okay? But then it turns out that the Russians have a very similar computer. And behind the scenes, these two computers started talking to one another and decided to take over the world. And I've never forgotten that movie. It was like, whoa, that's, I mean, this was, well, that was probably back in the 70s at least that I saw that movie. It kind of reminds me of War Games. Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was a great movie. Yeah. War Games. (laughs) I'm trying to think. That seems like it might have been. Late 70s, 80s? I think it was the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I don't know. But it's just, a, it's just another, you know, we try to share what we're seeing because we, everybody sees reality differently. And if we can share this, these different versions of it, you know, maybe we'll figure out what's really there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you ever find your good news thing? No. I don't know where it went. My Dream. computer just really messed up right before the show when I said I had to reboot. The the uh, things on my desktop had moved around. Um, and see, that's where I usually keep it. And I'm thinking that it disappeared from the desktop when... Things got moved around, and I have no idea what what was going through the computer's brain. <laughs> you remember the story? Uh, let me think a minute. I was trying to do it when the kids were all being rambunctious around me. It was... 
No, I can't remember. I wonder if I could go and pull up that site, Good News site, and see if I can find it. Yes, you could do that. Smoker's toy. Anyway, how's Bob doing? You found it? No. I'll keep looking and let you know if I find it. Okay. How's Bob doing? He's doing good. Um, We've been uh, testing um, all through the holiday, and we're going to do another test tonight for the two ladies that are coming on our live call-in show for the radio next week. So we've been busy with that. But, you know, he's sunk his teeth into this project, and... He's kind of found his purpose, and he's really happy and stoked, so we're moving along, and um, we're we're looking at our broadcasting license, and it looks like um, we're going to be able to open up to other countries. We just have to figure out, um, make sure we're paying the proper royalties and all that, so, um, but yeah, it looks like we're going to go officially worldwide with the radio station so <laughs> awesome listen you, uh, i haven't seen you posting in cosmic reality any of the events that you got coming up do you do that um yeah i'll go ahead and i'll post um for the two live call-in shows i i have a promo that i can forward um, for both uh, Susan Marie, she's the hypnotherapist that's also a Reiki master, and then uh, Lady Amber Rain, who um, she's she's a psychic, but she does paranormal investigations. So people can we have a phone number set up. You can go to um, radiobobusa.com, and right on the front page we have the Skype phone number that you can call. Uh, while they're live on air, and they will answer any of your burning questions that you have. <laughs> so we're we're really excited that they're willing to do that and offer their services to the public. So awesome! Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Dolly. Did you find it? Not yet. <laughs> no, I haven't. I. Doggone it. And I can't remember. I would know it if I saw it. But, yeah. But I can't find it. Well, um, we could we could tell people about uh, Blind Fog Ranch. <laughs> oh, that is so crazy. Oh, my gosh, yes. Which <laughs> ranch? Blind Frog Ranch. Bob oh. would show. Okay. It, okay. Okay, the background to it is that there's an Aztec treasure that historically they know was taken from the Aztec land up into the Utah area. This guy figures out where in the Utah area this mine has to be, this underground cave or wherever they put it. And he buys up like, I think it's 50 acres or probably 500 acres. I don't know. It's a huge amount of land in this area. And so they started doing this crazy stuff of trying to get into the cave area by a a little pond, I mean, really small, that had an opening that was full of water into a cave area. Then they were diving in scuba gear. It was like, 
It was so, you were sure that, that this was one of the stupider things you've seen. But no, it went on from there. <laughs> they, 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 had, they had one time where they were able to see the opening, you know, that would lead them on a dry way to the, to the cave. And so they decided that they had to make it bigger. So they used dynamite and the whole thing collapsed. <laughs> and filled up with water. <laughs> no, was that when it filled up with water? Yeah, it filled up with water after they blew it up, and they acted kind yeah, of surprised. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah what? Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, wasn't that wasn't that when they had drilled the hole? It was supposed to be. Oh, okay. So let me get step back here because at the beginning of this particular episode or series, you know, whatever it is, I think it's the third year. Um, they. <laughs> They get in this this guy who's really kind of impressive. He wears a cowboy hat and he's kind of fun. Yeah. And he's talking about quantum measuring. And what they're doing is they're taking and measuring at quantum energy because every material puts out a quantum signature. So instead of using sound where they'll put dynamite down in microphones to see how fast the the sound travels and stuff, and sometimes they're using you know, radar kind of stuff. This stuff is based on the composite of the, of the soil itself, let's say. So they get back the results, and it's an impressive group of people. Weren't they, Dolly? They, they seem oh, to know. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was and, very impressed. Yeah. And so they, uh, they show the results, and this the guy says, you see this big, and you could see it, it was this big, round, wasn't completely a circle, but, you know, this roundish uh, area of, of bright red. And then you could see a tunnel system coming off of this. And he says, you see that signature? That's quantum signature. I have never seen anything like that except in a black hole. <laughs> so, you know, he takes his equipment and he leaves. And I'm thinking, I said to Dolly, wow, they finally got some really good, you know, scientific evidence, you know, because they, they really seem like... Crazy people. I mean, yeah. crazy people. And uh, so the next thing we know, they're digging down into that. And that's when they used the dynamite or something. And, and yeah. that's when it flooded out. Everything flooded out. I mean, it's like, it's, uh, what is it? The travel case station? Gosh, I'm not sure. But it's Blind Frog Ranch. And uh, I highly recommend you take a look at it because... They've got something down there that came from. They do. State. They really do, and they're going to find it accidentally. <laughs> they bought. They and bought, I hope, I hope they don't kill themselves in you know, the process. The quantum people back, and the quantum people said, you know, what were the measurements we're getting right there? Where that it was, it were concentrating now. They had gone down the the drill hole, and they were looking at it from a different way, and uh, they decided that the only way that that could have happened was a meteorite, but I don't think they were thinking around spacecraft like a saucer. No, I don't <laughs> think they do. And it's it's right there, and I keep sending them thoughts, <laughs> but they don't right. get it. Right. But um, I swear that those tunnels in Blind Frog Ranch are connected to skin... Uh, Walker Skin Ranch. Skin okay, 
we need to say goodnight to everybody because we're at the end of the oh. show. Oh, so cool. want to say adios. Good night, everybody. Love you. Be safe. Good night, everyone. Good to see you again. Yep, yep. Thank you all for being here, and um, we'll see you next time. And Mona, love you. That's all I'm going to say. Preaching, preaching, the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.